the first post-game podcast of the 2021-22 Phoenix Suns season. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything that went down at Footprint Center tonight. Coming up next on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons and joining you here every single morning. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. And follow the show on Twitter if you do not already at Locked On PHX Suns. Follow me on Twitter, of course, as well at Brendan Clean14. It's game day. We are back in the routine. You can expect a recap of each and every Suns home game, either in full form during the week or, of course, in smaller form when the weekend catches up to us. But uh, we're back. We are back doing this and, and hanging out every single game. Today's show, before we dive into all of it, from a 110-98 loss Surprising, puzzling, lots to chew on here by the Phoenix Suns at the hands of the Dev- at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. But again, this show is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's un- an unofficial community center. So a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there for us. I'm loving it. Again, one ten ninety eight loss to the Denver Nuggets by the Phoenix Suns. 40 points in the second half total. Very, very lackluster performance by Phoenix in that second half. You had turnovers, 18 of them by the Phoenix Suns. You had four, three, three of 15 shooting by Devin Booker in his 30 minutes, which is also noteworthy, those 30 minutes. But We'll do the same thing we did last season. For those of you who are new, welcome. Again, thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day to get game recaps, news, analysis, guests, interviews, all of that good stuff. But for those of you who were joining me throughout uh, the regular season last year and into the early part of the playoffs before things went off the rails and we were just reacting and rolling with the punches, the general way that I like to do these recaps is to start with my big takeaway from the game get into the positives of the contest, what were the highlights, what did go well, which is a lot easier said than done now than it used to be back when I first started doing this podcast, and it was very difficult to find the positives, but that's a lot easier now. And then we'll close with some of our usual segments, although today I do want to give you guys a little bit of taste of what it was like being at the arena, because that's always fun as well. Um, We're going to have to come up with some new recurring recap segments though guys we had the Chris Paul um I can't even remember the guys that he it was the all-star team of players that he completely broke we had the Bridges breakout watch we had how many free throws did DeAndre Ayton take we had a lot of them but I think we're gonna have to mix it up because some of those things are uh really not relevant anymore Mikael Bridges has done broken out we don't need to watch that anymore and uh I think I'm I'm kind of past the DeAndre Ayton free throw thing so I'll come up with a few more between now and then, but that's the general blueprint for these shows, folks, and uh, it should be fun. Uh, They're a little quicker, 
But again, thank you for coming here every time there is a game to get my thoughts, to get potentially some guest thoughts and, and all of that every single day. The big takeaway, the big takeaway from this one is it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment this season. Um, and I'm not even saying that because, again, it really was a tale of two halves. So I don't want to take a narrative out of what happened in the second half and try to say this is how everything's going to be, right? Um, if, I, if you had asked me, hey, what's your big takeaway from the game halfway through the second quarter when the Suns were blowing the doors off the Nuggets and it was a you know double-digit going on 20-point lead, I probably would have said, wow, we're, we're right back to it, hitting the ground running, and finals, here we come. That's, of course, you know, you can get prisoner of the moment syndrome when you're doing that, so I don't want to state the second half as sort of the thing, but... Um, Again, 18 turnovers. They were 41% from the field. They allowed Denver to make 17 of 39 from deep, 44%. Honestly, if the Suns didn't have the 11 offensive rebounds that they were able to grab, and if they didn't have some hot shooting moments from Cam Johnson and Landry Shamit in particular, this thing would look even uglier. So it's going to be a little bit, and I think that that is counterintuitive. I, I had a, a listener when I tweeted my uh, game, my quick recap video from the arena earlier in the night. I had a, a listener who responded saying, well, so much for continuity. And I wouldn't say toss out continuity and, and it's it's uh, it's going to be a long haul again. And we're going to have this, this sort of stumbling out of the gates, nine and nine, 500, will they, won't they be good type of thing like we had last year. Um, but I think rather than saying there goes continuity, what I think is, is reasonable is actually to look at how things are pretty different. And so you had moments in this game, especially Monty was playing all bench lineups, which he didn't do a lot last year, um, which happened in part because Devin Booker did not play his usual rotation, which I'll get to as well here. It's part of why things might look a little different early on. But with those, those all-bench units, and even without them, different guys were bringing the ball up the floor, were initiating offense, were being you know given the chance to make a play, whether that was Shamit, Payne, Johnson, Nader, Bridges, Ayton, all these different guys who were mixing it up and, and getting an opportunity to have the ball in their hands and do something with it. We want, as people who are you know hoping this team can, can get to the promised land, we want to see, of course them try things to experiment, right? So that is going to be part of the growing pains. If we want to see a season where Shamit and Payne get a little bit more run and a little bit more opportunity off the bench, well, then that's going to lead to some hiccups. When the game early on was the the same routine as we were used to seeing all last year and into the postseason, into the finals, Chris Paul, high pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton, Ayton scored, I think 11 points in the first half, 11 points. I would say he got his 11th early in the second, um, really started the game strong. Chris Paul had 10 assists in this game. That was working, right? So they score only 20 in the first quarter, but then Paul starts the second quarter with a kind of hybrid unit with the bench and the bigs in together. He's able to start getting the offense going. That's when they take their big lead. But then after that, when it was some of these other guys getting those chances, things started to look a little wrong. So you had uh, 10 turnovers from the starting lineup alone. You had three from Cameron Payne. 
this is a team that's still figuring some things out. The other thing is, Devin Booker, 30 minutes today, like I said, did not play his usual rotation of being in there for the entire first quarter, so that was a big uh, departure from last season. You could say it was either the legs and the conditioning just by way of the Olympics, the short break, and then having COVID. Of course, we know conditioning is one of the last things to come back for players. Oftentimes, Jason Tatum talked about that a lot. It's not the same for everybody. I'm not trying to say I'm in Devin Booker's lungs and I can see what's going on in there, but I wouldn't be a surprise. On the other hand, I asked him about it post game in the arena, which is another thing, like I said, I do want to share with you guys. And he said, you know, it's something that they hope to take advantage of. They have the depth this year, they have multiple players that they trust. I mean, look, Kaminsky. Peyton, these are veteran players who could easily get out there and do something. They're not even sniffing the rotation right now. So Booker playing 30 minutes. Now, is that going to happen every night? Probably not. But you could see some lower minute totals for some of these guys because of that. And as a result, if you're not playing your veterans, if you're not playing the guys that you did run it back with, Jay Crowder only played 24 minutes. Another example, the other three starters were up there, uh, you know, mid-30s. But that's going to be a trickle-down of more chances for these younger, newer pieces to, you know, have some miscues. And I'm not saying the bench was the problem, because in reality, actually, the starters from a plus minus perspective were more of the issue. But what I'm saying overall is some of these new rotations, new faces, new opportunities, new skill development, that's all going to come at the cost of some of this chemistry. So as much as we saw the continuity and the running it back and great, all that, I think they'll be much stronger out of the gates. But I do think it might just be a little while. All right, let's get to more positives from this game, starting with Cam Johnson uh, coming up right after a quick break. But first, a word from McDonald's. This episode of Locked On Suns is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home and the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Look, I was just at McDonald's when I was on my way out to San Diego for a bachelor party. It was a way to break the ice, get everybody on the trip uh, acclimated and comfortable, and uh, look, yeah, refuel as well. The food doesn't Definitely hits the spot after a long car ride, after uh, not enough food throughout the day, and it was delicious. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect just like me. Did someone say Locked On Suns watch party? We'll get some computers over there, watch a Suns game, have a Big Mac, have a Coke, and enjoy. I'm loving it. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James King James? Well, it's sleep. That's right. Sleep is the king's superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, is teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important, mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, is teamed up with LeBron James, again, to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce stress, and perform at your best, just like the king. As LeBron says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep 
within quotes, which make, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's all one word, locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. The positives of the Suns 110 to 98 loss on opening night to the Denver Nuggets nationally televised. Mark Jones, Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson, a very physically imposing man. Let me just tell you, he was down in the media room. He's got his. Uh, signature shiny bald head he has got his 6 8 frame and i was like man that is a tall human being maybe it's just myself not being around uh the media room and that space and the players and everything all of last season and getting a little disoriented from it but um very big profile and there are some things to be optimistic about anyway aside from me getting to see richard jefferson and and marveling at his uh frame there are some positives here. As I said, Cameron Johnson is the first one. And I actually feel like I want to... I'll save part of the Cam Johnson spiel here for later on. Um, because I think he's going to become... I think he might replace Mikhail Bridges for the breakout watch here. So I will I will just identify a few things, though, about him that, that really stood out to me is... One, the... I interviewed Cam Johnson going into last season, uh, again, for those of you who, who remember that, and one of the things that I was really struck by that he said that he wanted to focus on is uh, confidence, which sounds weird because we never would think of Cam Johnson as a timid player, but there's one. it's one thing to just take the shots when they're open and kind of you know do your job, but it's another thing to have the confidence, confidence to really embrace the green light that the coaching staff is giving him, that his teammates trust him to have and and so that's what's really jumping out to me it happened all throughout last postseason really last year whenever he was actually healthy it was happening and to see him healthy from game one and hopefully that can continue and having proven himself in the playoffs the green light that he has he is taking full advantage of half of his shots were from deep tonight he was attacking the basket we know he can be a pretty good rebounder especially on the offensive glass coming out of nowhere with his size when he is engaged and 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 focused on the boards. And so that all continued. Very, very good stuff. And most notably with Cam Johnson, tied Jay Crowder in the minutes column tonight. Something that I made a whole episode about with Damon Allred in our 13 questions preview series this uh this fall. Was will Cam Johnson overtake Jay Crowder as a as a closer or maybe as a starter? And just like in a lot of postseason games last year, those guys were equal, 24 minutes apiece tonight. So that's a good thing. That means the coaching staff has trust in him. It means it's another option that the Suns will feel comfortable going to to potentially close games. And uh, it just means a young player is developing. That's always good as well. Another positive here, and probably the one I maybe should have started with because it is such a key storyline all year, is uh, the... Two young pillars next to Devin Booker stepping up and doing a little bit more with the ball. Um, Mikael Bridges, 16 shots, 16 shot attempts leading the team. 
getting to the basket a little bit more. I think he had at, at I mean at least three or four attacking plays where he got to the basket. Yes, you know he got. I think he got blocked once by Aaron Gordon. Oh no, that that one block for the Nuggets. That was definitely the the Gordon block. That was a goaltend on Devin Booker. So I guess Bridges did not get blocked, but he missed a few layups. He did get to the line once and then missed his free throws. So look, again, as I said to start the show, it's not going to necessarily be, you know, the Suns just skyrocket immediately because, as I was saying, allowing and empowering Mikhail Bridges to try these types of things, attack the basket, get to his mid-range, take the ball down the floor in transition, all these new wrinkles that, that, that we want to see out of him, that's going to not always be pretty. So he was 7 of 16. He only made 7 of those 16 shots, but... I think that's fine. Those growing pains are going to be well worth it when the playoffs come and these guys have the confidence. Speaking of that confidence, DeAndre Ayton, again, like I said, started this game hot, scored, I believe, eight or nine points in the first quarter. Um, I think it was eight of the Suns' first 10 points came from Ayton, and it was in a variety of ways. He had a running jumper out of the post when he was kind of, you know, trying to box and, and jar and and push at at Jokic and wasn't getting anywhere, then he was able to kind of use his agility to get away from Jokic and make a fadeaway jumper. He had another jumper in rhythm, uh, and then on a few possessions later, he had a putback dunk, he had a cut dunk, and got to the line later on in the game. He also took three three three-pointers, which I think was the most he's ever taken in one game. I think the previous high was two, and... Look, they were all sorts of different ways. One was catch and shoot. One was on a, you know, dribble handoff that he didn't kind of faked it and then had space at the top of the key. Another one was he again was trying to reverse the ball. The defense played off of him. He was on the left wing in the second half and took that one. So these are new things. These are good things to see out of this this young son's core and, you know, trying stuff, getting the room and the space to you know, take risks and and whatever. And look, it's not to say that anybody was content with the loss. I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm not trying to say that this was, you know, the plan. Oh, let's, you know, lose and not even crack 100 points and all in the name of development. I don't think that's what's happening here, but I just think we have to be realistic and take the good with the bad. The bad is the loss. The bad is the the squelched lead but the good is that these guys were able to be put into position where they tried some stuff some of it looked really good and some of it looked really promising and that can continue throughout the rest of the season so um, that'll close out the positives I do really believe those are positives you might be looking at them as a negative but I think it's good I think it's going to be a key part of this season if they can continue to empower the young players to try stuff and get better at it in time for the postseason let's close out the show with Two new segments that I've come up with, at least for now. We'll, we'll see how we fare throughout. I, I'll ditch them in a hurry if I don't believe in it anymore, and I'll come up with a new one in the drop of a hat if, if it strikes me. So by no means am I beholden, but that will be where we start tonight, and I'll give you a little bit of stuff from the arena as well. First, though, quick word from Sweatblock. For a few weeks now, we've been talking about Sweatblock here at the Locked On Network. These wipes that have replaced the traditional deodorant and they stop sweat in its tracks for seven days. It seems people have been listening. We have tons of friends across our Locked On audience who've tried Sweatblock and love it. Straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who was working on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of those. She was working 18-hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. She heard about Sweatblock, started trying it, and loves it. 
No more sweaty production day. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it now to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. You've also heard about the soccer player who heard us talking about sweat block, thought it was too good to be true, who was always one of the wettest guys at practice, tried sweat block, tried it on his pits, and the next practice, everything was dry. Guess he should probably try it on his other parts too, and his teammates were jealous. He didn't have to reply reapply for nine days. He's become a true believer. There you go. Sweat block working for our customers. Locked on listeners are loving it. And you have that dry shirt guarantee on top of it all. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. So if you or maybe a Hollywood producer or soccer player in your life is dealing with that excessive sweat, check out Sweatblock. Go to sweatblock.com today. Use the promo code Locked On when you make your purchase to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at sweatblock.com or check them out at Amazon and CVS. Closing out the show, thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. Whether that's after a game or on any other weekday, I will be right here giving you the latest on the Suns. Again, follow the show on Locked at Locked on PHX Suns if you haven't. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't. That is the best ways to find everything we are doing here. Um, the breakout segment, like I hinted, Mikhail Bridges. We used to do Bridges Breakout Watch. It doesn't ring quite as well for Cam Johnson. However, we'll do it anyway. Uh, what? Cam Breakout Watch? Cam Johnson? I'll take it. I'll take anything you guys give me. We're, we're still workshopping it at Locked on PHX Suns. Send me what the name of this breakout watch should be for Cam Johnson. Something that rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Um, I said a lot of things about Cam Johnson in that last segment, but I do feel like his versatility, his flexibility is going to be a key this season. I think that he's a player who, if you're talking about going small, which was something that the Nuggets bench at diff- at certain times was able to punish the Suns with, um, Jeff Green in particular, they were um, popping him out behind the arc. That's something Monty Williams pointed to. And if the Suns are able to make a trade or figure something out, Dario Saric comes back at some point and they are able to play small, I think Cam's going to be a big part of that. I think he developed a lot from the postseason run last season, whether that was the Lakers matchup or the Clippers matchup and the, and the Bucks, frankly. Um, in terms of how he can be effective. And I think the glass is somewhere where his size can make an impact in those spaces. I think being bigger than the guy guarding him in the perimeter can actually be useful because he can get that shot up over guys. So I think we'll just continue to see him implement the lessons that he learned and continue to grow. And and those minutes totals, I think are going to be pretty even a lot of the year between him and Jay. Uh, The other one, the other recap segment that I'm creating today without a moment's notice for any of you it's a new one out of the thin air um bench mob vibe check i think that's what i was it came out of my brain out on the car ride home i kind of like it i think i'm gonna stick with it you can still send me your your, your suggestions i i can't promise i'll take them because i really do like it and it's going to be one we talk about all season i know it already bench mob vibe check again monty williams playing whole five-man bench units that we rarely saw because, again, Devin Booker would play the the whole first quarter, the beginning of the game. Chris Paul would come in at the beginning of the second quarter, and then Booker would play the remainder of the second quarter after Chris Paul left the floor. 
um, for a few moments. And that staggering, if you want to call it that, meant that neither, at least one of those guys was always going to be on the court. You had at least one of the forwards between Crowder and Bridges was always on the court for the most part. And this wasn't the case tonight. I'm not saying it will never be the case. I'm not saying this is permanent rotation. But I think that this bench group is going to be very important to the Suns, you know, adding more versatility, developing their young players. And so you had Abdul Nader, who I don't think should be given quite as many opportunities to handle the ball as he had in this game, if I'm being completely honest. So um, not a great night from him. Didn't make a shot. Defensive impact was limited. I do like how he can fight over screens. That was something I noticed from him. The Nuggets right a lot, run a lot of off-ball stuff. Um, you know, obviously when Jamal Murray is back, he's a key part of that. And so somebody like Nader who can fight through those screens, that's good stuff. But other than that, not great. Um, Cam, I talked about JaVale McGee. He is an awkward body, man, of just like flailing limbs. And he's just, you know, jumping from place to place. He had a block tonight that was fun, but had, you know, three turnovers and some, he just ends up in the most bizarre situations. He had to hoist a random floater at one point. There was one situation where there was a loose ball and he ended up with it and he just took off down the court in transition rather than trying to find one of his guards. He is confident. He is long and lanky and awkward. He is uh, fun, but also chaotic. I don't know what I make of JaVale McGee experience quite yet, but it is obviously nice to have that backup. 15 minutes for him, 33 for Aiton. Last but not least, my beloved Landry Shaman. I don't have much on campaign. He had a a little bit of an odd game. Um, Not able to really get in rhythm. Didn't take as many threes as we're used to when he's really rolling. Um, I'm not worried. He had some nice finishes at the basket, was able to get to the line quite a bit. So not a bad game, but look, he played a campaign type of of game. I was a little confused um, some of the time with the defensive matchups where he was not defending opposing point guards, even when it seemed like it made sense. So have to continue to watch that. But Landry Shamit is who we're going to close with. This guy, I'm not going to do a whole bunch of Landry Shamit stuff. You've heard me bark about him for plenty of time now. What I will just say is four or five from the field, three of three from deep. This guy, if if this can continue, and we've heard the stuff out of practice where on a team with Cam Johnson and Devin Booker on it, as well as Mikael Bridges, who last regular season was the best shooter on the team, where Shamit is winning some of these shooting competitions in practice. So we already knew that. But you watch this guy. On, on the three threes that he took, he made all of them, like I just said. I'm not sure he touched the 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 net on one of them. I think they hit the back of the the rim perfectly with some backspin and some perfect arc and they just drooped through the through the net like it was absolutely nothing. Um if I mean if that's legit and he's able to get that comfort that he hasn't been able to get with a real role on this team that he didn't have in the, with the Clippers or the Nets and that shooting is able to really shine because of the open looks he's going to get because of the way that this system creates open threes. He might be the best shooter on the team, and he might be one of the best shooters in the NBA. I've been using that Seth Curry comparison all offseason long. I still believe in it. I think that that's the type of ceiling we're talking about with Landry, and I'm just really ready to continue to see it. Um, No assists and no turnovers, just 
he didn't really have the ball in his hands in the same way that he did in preseason. You know, maybe that's a lot because Booker is back on the floor and Payne is aggressive and talked about how Chris Paul early on in the game was really controlling a lot for the Suns. So that's something I'm going to continue to watch. I do think there's some potential there, like I've been saying. So I hope he gets some chances with the ball in his hands. But even if he becomes a you know smart ball mover who really is just a lights out shooter and hopefully you you pray he can just survive on defense that is an incredible role player to have somebody they obviously value based on the fact that they just locked him up and um, tonight was a great debut so uh, bench mob vibe check and the cam johnson breakout watch give me your your best ideas for the title of that segment and i'll come up with more in the meantime Only game recap show this week, guys, so I'll be back one final time on Friday with a little bit of an in-between, get-you-through-the-week type of episode, previewing the Lakers game, another nationally televised contest on Friday night, and uh, so I'll have some thoughts on what that matchup could be, but until then, enjoy Wednesday night if you're hearing it on the premiere on YouTube, or of course your Thursday, if not, and I will talk to you tomorrow.